Friends, hello. Welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you are a regular listener, which I hope all of you are by now. I've done enough episodes, guys. Um, but really, really excited about this one. I've uh, been listening to this guy's uh, podcasts for a little while. This episode is going to be extremely meta. It is a podcast talking about podcasts. Uh, yeah, as if we couldn't get much more much more wanky if we tried. Um, but yeah, I, I, first of all, I need to apologise uh, to you. Uh, well, let's introduce you first. Um, Matt Barr, the host of the Looking Sideways podcast and the host of Type 2 podcast for Patagonia Europe, if I'm right. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, also owner of uh, marketing agency All Conditions Media uh, over in Brighton. Uh, yeah, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. No, nice, it's a pleasure. No, nice to finally meet you. We've been chatting on on Instagram, haven't we? So nice to yeah. actually have a, a virtual face-to-face conversation. Let's say. Uh, absolutely. Well, f- first of all, I've got to apologise because uh, listening to your your most recent episode uh, with our kind of episode alumni, uh, Mike Guest, who's also been on mine. I know you, you were talking about how much you uh, how much you hate voicemails and voice notes and things, and of course. The first thing I did to chat to you was send you a two and a half minute voice note asking if you could come on the podcast. Uh, uh, but yeah. that, 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 I've realised that's me being a wanker, though. Really, um, <laughs> what, one of the things that came, one of the things that came off the back of that, which is quite funny, because obviously I was being like fairly tongue in cheek about that. But I, I actually don't oh, yeah, listen yeah. to my voicemails, and um, I did, I, I kind of didn't previously listen to voice notes. But then, you know, obviously in that conversation I had with Mike, he was explaining that for him as dyslexic, like yeah. it's actually very handy being able to dictate rather than type so which obviously is somebody being completely privileged and selfish i'd not considered in the slightest so uh i've definitely revised my opinion of that um quite rightly and then i did a funny little i often do these like dickish little instagram polls on my stories and the, the, the the fact that i don't listen to my interphone messages was heavily commented upon by people listening to the podcast so i got quite a few messages going like what like what what do you mean so i did a little poll which was like do you do you listen to your antiphone messages and i think like obviously you know straw poll but i had a few hundred people vote on that and it was overwhelmingly people don't listen to them yeah which i was which i was quite um heartened to hear but i did get a lot of shit off people who you know it became clear that my voice note slash antiphone etiquette is all over the place and i've got work to do so yeah i'm gonna start listening to him from this point yeah i mean it was it was quite interesting for me because i'm i'm not dyslexic anything like that i've got no excuse i just i just find it so much easier because the amount of stuff i feel like i want to say i'm like well it's just so much easier if i just if i just say it rather than have to sit and type it but it kind of made me think as well i've done a done a podcast with with mike as well it made me think like actually you know my girlfriend's dyslexic as well so i'm like you know, she's she's a school teacher and writing a load of reports at the moment, and she's realised she can use this chat function now to write a report on Microsoft Word. And she, yesterday, she was like, "I can't believe it." You know, it's gonna it's gonna make her life so much uh, so much quicker. Yeah, I mean, I talked I talked a fair bit about my wife in that episode, Mike, because she's also dyslexic. Yeah, and even yesterday we were listening to the radio because <laughs> it's Mental Health Week and. Yeah, there's loads of stuff on the ra- there's loads of stuff on the radio about adult literacy yesterday and and dyslexia and which was actually really interesting across the BBC. Obviously, they were doing some themed thing, and one of the things that came up is road signs. And again, you know, it's just one of those things that when you can read 
you know, I'm going to use the word normally, as in, I don't mean normally, as in people that have dyslexia are abnormal. I just mean, you know, you know what I mean? Um, like you just take that sort of thing completely for granted, don't you? You know, you, yeah. And my wife was like, well, I can't really, I can't read road signs quick enough. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I never really mentioned it to you because it's like, it feels really, I don't know. It feels like an embarrassing thing to admit because she, yeah. she's driving. We get lost a lot, and I do take and I do take the piss out of her for it, you know, without without really considering why that is. And, and even even yesterday, you know, we've been married nearly ten years, been together like fifteen years. I didn't even know that, you know. And she was like, "Well, I don't tell anyone that because people just listen. don't really listen or care." And I was like, "Yeah, God, that's so bad, isn't it?" You know. But it's just another example of those situations those like micro privileges if you like isn't it where yeah. you kind of you know if it doesn't affect you you take it for granted it's like well there's no problem here like what's the big deal yeah you know it's only when somebody that it does affect points out that you're like oh yeah didn't really think of that yeah and there's there's so many of them i think a lot of them have come to light in the last year as well i think i don't know whether it's because we've got a bit more tolerant about everything and the fact that you know maybe things like more people doing podcasts and more people doing video calls and it, more people just seem to be talking. So all these, as you say, like micro privileges are suddenly coming out and you go, holy shit, I never realized that I had to, you know, that I, I could, I can just do this and don't even think about it, but other people can't, you know, when we all had everything taken away from us, you go, oh fuck, actually everything's yeah, quite agile. I, I was chatting to my friend Phil yesterday and he, cause I just did an episode with my friend, Laura McCallum, who, which is quite a lot about like, latent homophobia she's a gay snowboarder and we the, the conversations are, are around like again those like hidden attitudes to towards gay people anyway i was chatting to my friend phil who's also been on my podcast about this mm. and he he said well it's like an able-bodied person using the escalator in the underground claiming there's no problem with access <laughs> which i thought was a really good way of looking at it because obviously if you you know if, you, if that's you you can just stroll into the underground station and get on the escalator. You, you don't, obviously there is no problem, but if you're in a wheelchair, suddenly you're looking at that environment in an entirely different way, aren't you? you yeah. Know? And it, I think, I think it's a really good way of looking at those things, isn't it? Because quite so often people are like, well, I, I don't, there's no problem. I don't see this being a problem. And I think that defines the situation when obviously all it does is define your attitude to the situation. Yeah. It's a very different thing. And I think like, as you say, those understanding the difference between those things, I agree with you is, is becoming talked about much more, particularly in the last year, Yeah, which I think has got to be like a very healthy thing, hasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, without, I, I, I say that, said this on every episode recently, I don't, I don't want to get into, I don't want to talk about COVID. I know it may come up, but, you know, I think that is one great thing that has come out of this year in, of such an awful year. Um, I think we have all got, no matter who everyone is, everyone has been humbled in the last year in some way or another. And I think that's made everyone realise, oh, actually, things are a lot more fragile than we realise. And maybe maybe let's just give, let's just be a little bit more patient with other people. Of course, yeah, you know, it's brought out a lot of horrible things as well. Um, and that's it's you know potentially a naive way for me to look at it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. But I, no, I, I think that's I think, that, I think that's true. I think that's true. I yeah. think people. I, I would agree with you. I, I, I think. I think it'd be strange if it hadn't given yeah. what's gone on. You know, I mean, 
it it's worth stepping back every now and again. I'm, yeah, I agree with you. I've had way too many of those. Like, so how's the last year been for you? Oh, new normal, blah blah blah. Yeah. But like, you know, when you step when you step back from it, it's fucking mental what happened over the last year. Yeah, you know, it's 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 the biggest thing that's happened to the world since the Second World War. There's just absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. So you know, it would be strange if you, you, it hadn't made you a bit reflective, really, because yeah. it certainly ain't certainly ain't the everyday occurrence, is it? No, it was, it, yeah, it was, maybe we're going off on a complete tangent, but I don't really mind, but it was interesting. I think I, I think I was chatting to my mum recently and we were just talking about who who I would have been without the pandemic, if everything had gone on as normal and all this stuff. And I don't know, it, it's, it's difficult. I think despite everything horrible that's happened and, you know, I, I started my business at the end of 2019, so not exactly great timing. So it's not been an easy year or anything, but... I genuinely think I've come out of it uh, a better, a better human, and a definitely a far more aware human. This is I'm in my, the last year of my twenties now, so I, I think it's made me a lot more aware and a lot wiser than I otherwise would have been. That's great. I mean, you can't ask more yeah. than that, can you? Well, it, it, but it's 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 kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because obviously, you we've all we've all been humbled, but at the same time, you know, and I'm maybe attacking this from a mental health side because that's kind of my wheelhouse um but i i, I do think I, I think i'm not alone in that as well you know i think i think a lot yeah of no I, I i completely completely agree yeah so uh po- podcasting then so uh, as i just said i you know and then i i started mine as well uh, end of 2019 um but didn't really start doing it properly until i lost all my work in april 2020 uh but you've been doing it for for a long time so from what I can see here, I, I took a little look back. Your first episode was posted on April 17, 2017. That was of your podcast, Looking Sideways. I know you do another one now. Um, that, that's that's quite a long time ago. That's that's long before podcasting is what it is now, where every man and their dog does one. Um, can you can you go through a bit of the, the history behind it and why you started it? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think I'd... I think there's been like two two phases of it, hasn't there? There was like right. the the really really early phase, which yeah. was probably that early two thousands almost. Yeah, two, like, uh, know, early twenty ten. Sorry, I think when like Ricky Gervais was probably the most sort of famous. Yeah, um, and I think Adam and Joe had one. I think there was there was that kind of there was that sort of wave of it originally, wasn't there? And then and then there was probably. You know, then you then you had like Mark Maron and Rich Roll and people like that who were all on there, and Joe Rogan as well, who obviously like into thousands of episodes. Like, so they, yeah. you know, they've obviously been going like absolutely years. But yeah, I guess you're right. I guess, I guess in the last four years, it's it's definitely reached a sort of tipping point of yeah. I mean, the stats are mental, aren't they? Like, how many new podcasts are getting started every week? And you know, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, thought, I I was just like a pretty avid consumer of podcasts though, really. Right. So I, I, um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I listened to a lot of football podcasts. Like I grew up, um, you know, basically very, I'm, I'm a pretty fanatical football fan essentially. Right. So, um, avid consumer of all football media and, um, Football Weekly by The Guardian was was probably my uh, gateway podcast drug, which is still, I think, probably one of the most popular in the UK. Um, that's like one of your sort of panel panel discussion ones. You know, every week they just sort of chat about 
football essentially yeah and i originally thought i started listening to that probably about probably about 15 years ago to be honest and um quite early on i thought that'd be really good format for action sports you know like to, to do that so i kind of i kind of had it like percolating away at the back of my mind for a while yeah and then i started listening to more and more interview ones because you know that's sort of the fact you know there's two types and there's this sort of group discussion format yeah. there's the well, there's three types actually there's the interview format and now these days there's the much more kind of high production value sort of documentary format isn't there which are becoming yeah. like way more you know if you look at like spotify and bbc sounds for example they're obviously like investing a shitload of money yeah in, in in essentially like radio quality production podcasts there's like you know there's a few of them but the more i listen to like interview podcasts the more i just kind of in the end thought yeah that, that this would be quite a good idea because also my background is journalism and mm. i really really liked the idea of having a format where i didn't have to pitch because i've spent my life pitching you know right. when you're a freelance journalist you get you know, you have to pitch and pitching is like anything, you know, you try to conform to like editorial standards yeah. to, get, to get a gig, which is fine. I mean, that's the game. But to, to do something which is unfiltered is really, really rare. Basically, like columnists can do that. You know, they can or if you're a highly regarded like feature writer, you can you can like basically spout off, you know, but generally you're having to conform to editorial strictures to get commissioned which is something I was like used to my whole life. So this was very appealing because I was like, yeah, fuck, if I do one on my own, then I don't have to do that. Like I can just do, do what I want to do. Like I can just present this in the way that I want to present it. And that was the sort of genesis of it really. So I, uh, I kind of just, yeah, like I think I started recording them. I sort of committed. I went all in. I did, I, I did about five, straight away before i released them and then and then yeah just like i thought it was earlier actually but obviously you're right if you've had a look like april 2017 sounds about right uh got got the first one out there really and then because and, and as well having a look like you had some pretty heavy hitters on pretty you know fairly early uh as well you know you had like i think that mick fanning was like one of your first sort of um when I say first, you know, in, in your first sort of 30, 40 episodes, you had him. I think you had Danny McCaskill, um, as you said. And, and you know, I, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but, you know, you came from journalism. I think, am I right in saying that you worked kind of within the sort of snowboarding industry quite heavily? Yeah, I mean, I've worked in, in the, I guess, like the wider action sports industry since, I, since like, God, it's, it's all I've ever done, really. Like, I, I, you know, I had shit jobs when I was younger, obviously, but I was lucky enough to get a job in the industry straight out of university. Like, I graduated in 1997. So, like, I, I've basically been doing that ever since. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, you know, you do, you do something long enough, you do just get a network, really. And when, when, the, when I sort of had the idea for the podcast, I just kind of did shamelessly milk that network. So the yeah. big fanning thing, for example, like he's friends with a really close friend of mine called Ben Mundy, who I've also had on the podcast. Right. And myself and Ben were on a, a surf trip to France. And he was like, oh, Fanning's going to be in Hossegore, you know, 
so so I was like all oh, right cool well can you ask him if he wants to come on the podcast so I just did a lot of that yeah you know but I also I also just really put myself out there like when I because you know one of the one of the funny uh sorry mate I'm actually gonna have to go and open the front door because my wife's just turned up with that key I'll be back to you <laughs> that's all right mate yeah I'll pause it so I like I went to what I was saying was I went to Australia in December 2017 because I've got family there my sister lives in Sydney so um and when I was over there I just kind of shamelessly hustled really so I, I just like cold emailed Lane Beachley and just sort of pitched her and just said look I'm in Manly you live here I've got a podcast you want to come on it and she was like yep which was obviously amazing. And then when we did the interview, she was like, that was great. You should interview Tom Carroll. And she like did an email for Tom, you know, to, to introduce me to Tom Carroll. Cause what I was going to say is, you know what it's like when you try and book guests, like if they've heard of it, it makes a big difference essentially. Yeah. So it's like a self-perpetuating thing, isn't it? Like the more you, the more you do, then the more people like yeah. to do it. It's exponential. And yeah, exactly. So, it kind of went from there really, you know, but it's still, it's still really hard to book guests though. Like yeah. I've been lucky enough to have some amazing guests on there, but I still get knocked back every week yeah. by people. I, I don't think that'll ever change really. Well, you can't, you can't force people to do it. And some people, you know, naturally um, aren't, they're not, they're not interested in sitting for an hour, hour and a half and talk, talking about them, about themselves, you know? And I think, that that'll be really interesting to see as well. I mean, sorry, this conversation is getting very meta for some, you know, people listening. But um, as podcasting grows as well, you'd like to think that it will probably get easier to book guests because it is becoming a more mainstream kind of form of media. But also, if you're talking to you know primarily sort of pro action sports athletes or you know people within action sports, they're probably kind of look to raise their profile, aren't they? And as your profile grows, it becomes more attractive for them to go, yeah, I'll, I'll go on the show. Yeah, I think what I've realised though is it just doesn't really matter. I mean, I've been lucky enough to to get a you know big loyal audience now for my yeah. podcast, and they 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 actually just don't really care like about the profile. What I've found is like I've got a core group of listeners who listen to whatever I put out, which is great because they understand where I'm coming from with it, and that's given me the freedom just to actually seek out interesting stories and not really worry about how famous the guests are. Yeah. If I do, if I do like have a famous guest on there, obviously that like hugely increases listener numbers, yeah. which is, which is kind of cool. But then I don't know. I, I often find yeah. they're the least interesting conversations. Really. Well, that, that, so it's yeah. quite, I, I go through cycles with it. Occasionally I'll be, occasionally I'll be like, Oh fuck, I should try and, Oh, it'd be great to get so-and-so. And I kind of forget, you know, and I'm like, so I'll book someone that's got a big profile and then I'll be like, oh, it doesn't really matter, does it? I'll just, I'll just kind of book who I think really. Um, yeah. And trust my instincts as to like, what's a good story. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's interesting you bring that up. Cause I know obviously I've been sort of following you for quite, quite a while and, and listened to a few of the episodes and things. I know you, you've said that yourself quite a bit on, on the Instagram and things like that. You know, the, the lesser known people you've often said have made the most interesting ones. I mean, most famously for, for me, since I started listening is I know you, you interviewed a, a surfer called Mikey February, who's very famous within the surfing world and stuff. And then you, you kind of put something out after saying it felt a little bit underwhelming for you. 
you know, kind of doing doing that interview and perhaps he wasn't, well, I, I don't want to take words out of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I think that was probably on me though, really. Like he, what was interesting about that one was that conversation was actually like perfectly fine. I mean, he's a yeah. lovely man. It was, it was, it was just fine, you know, but it yeah. was quite, it wasn't very revelatory, let's put it that way. You know, he just, he didn't really want to go there. And again, that that kind of happens because, you know, what I do, which is a bit like what you do, is try and actually get off script and just have a conversation like we're having now where, like, you're not trying to tick any boxes. It's just two people having a chat and seeing where it goes, you know, like 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 the best conversations are. Yeah. And the best podcast conversations that I have go that way. You know, people yeah. kind of forget what the brief is and just, just kind of get it, get involved and in, in, with the conversation. I think with Mikey, like he just didn't do that. It didn't mean that it was, it was no reflection on him. No, of course, yeah. yeah. He just, he, 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 I think he. I mean, it's an, it, it goes back to what I said. I just don't think he knew what it was. Yeah. You know, I think his sponsors had had asked him to do it, and he was said, "Yeah, cool, it looks fine. I'll do it." I, he definitely never listened to it. You know, for him, it was just another media appointment. And why wouldn't it be? You know, like, yeah. it's not like this is like a massively famous thing. But what was interesting was the reaction from the listeners, because it, it really seemed to aggravate a lot of the listeners that episode. I think because they all approached it with really high expectations, because he's sort of so beloved as a surfer. Yeah. He's so famous these days. And, and, and I think, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be brilliant, this one. And then, and then it was just actually just very forgettable as a conversation yeah. so a lot of people were like that was that was really disappointing you know yeah and I was like okay well cheers the feedback <laughs> um yeah. but I, but that did because I get and, and again I've probably talked about this a bit in, in my podcast but I do you know I'm always getting asked to can you get Kelly Slater on can you get Tony Hawk on yeah yeah you know and I just don't think there's a, I just don't think there's any point and and because I just think they'll be like even if they did it I just think they'd be like oh, right, this is just another podcast, like blah, blah, blah. And I just don't think it'd be that of value. I'd, ra I'd way rather now find somebody who was asked and, you know, got it and had a good story, regardless yeah. of profile, really. If they do have a big profile, great. But I, that's certainly not the thing that's driving it for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think you couldn't be, you couldn't be more right. And that's, it's something I've tried to do as well is, you know, when I've put out a question on Instagram, who, who should I hear? Who, who should, who would you like to hear on the podcast and, and things like that? People go straight to, you know, for, for me, as I said, more sort of me mental health based, but still I've talked to a lot of people within action sports as well. And, you know, I do get, you know, silly things like that. And one, you're like, there's no way that will happen in the first place. And two, most of those guys have already been on a podcast before and you can go and listen to it anyway, you know, why do you want to listen to me talk to them when you can listen to Joe Rogan talk to them? You know, it's like Kelly's been on there, Tony Hawk's been on there straight away. You know, so you, yeah, you don't you don't need me to do it. And yeah, I think like like you said, and that's the beautiful thing about a podcast as well is like it. You know, looking sideways belongs to Matt Barr. Matt Barr can talk to whoever he wants to talk to. You know, it, it's not you don't have it's not like an agency or anyone like that going oh we've got to we've got to crunch the numbers we've got to get the listeners up we've got to do this got to do that you know if I want to tomorrow I'll just call my best mate up and be like do you want to come on the podcast and have a little have a little chat and that's actually what I did for some of my first episodes my best mate who I lived with one of my best mates for 10 years I was like 
Do you want to just come and do a podcast with me? And it's one of the most listened to episodes I've, I've still I've ever done. You know, it's it, and it's really strange. Well, I mean, I've, I've, go on, sorry, man. No, There's no, a no. Slight I, delay, so I do keep I do keep butting in. But you go, carry on. No, no, that's, no I was, uh, yeah, no. I was, I was just going to say I know that's something that that you've you know posted about as well. Is that you found or you, you said it yourself that people seem to resonate with the 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 kind of smaller com smaller. Yeah, I guess you could say you know smaller guests, but potentially a larger conversation. Well, I think it, the other thing is as well. It's about like how much pressure you put on yourself, isn't it? Because it's supposed to be a it's supposed to be an enjoyable thing, like presented one of these. You know, when I when I started it, it it, it was genuinely like, well, here's a really interesting creative thing I could do. I've got no expectations about anyone list actually listening to it. I'm just going to do it as like a purely creative exercise for its own sake and not be concerned about where it's going to lead. Yeah. Cause in, cause in previously in my life, I've definitely been guilty of like doing creative things and setting like so much store by it and being like, Oh my God, if this doesn't succeed, you know, it's going to be the end of the world kind of thing. And then, you know, as I got a bit older, I was like, yeah, that's not helpful. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't help you like, do anything that's really of value to anybody else. And it also just doesn't really make it that fun because you just yeah. put so much pressure on yourself. And, and with this, you know, you can definitely get quite caught up in that. You know, you post a lot about the pressure to post, which, yeah. which is something I always like quite appreciate because sometimes it is just a bit ridiculous, isn't it? You know, you're kind of sat there like, fuck, I better put something on Instagram yeah, or whatever. And you're like, really? Like, is anyone actually care if i don't put anything on yeah Instagram? Exactly. like is it really going to matter and you can quite quickly get sucked into the idea that you can get sucked into the idea that it's actually important when it's actually just not important <laughs> yeah. and like no one's going to give a fuck if i stop doing this podcast tomorrow like there'll be a few people that like will be like oh that was a shame i quite enjoyed that but you know me so i guess my point is like it's with this thing, I'm just trying to remember like why I do it and, and why I do it is to just, I, I want to keep that original goal in mind and not just put needless pressure on myself Yeah. by thinking like, fuck me, I need to book Tony Hawk. And if I don't, then the whole thing is a failure, you know, like it's like, cause it, it of course it isn't, that's just silly. That's just me creating that shit in my own head, yeah. you know? So, I, so I think, I think it, I, I I'm not always great at remembering that, but I do definitely try and remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I couldn't have said it, said it better. I mean, you know, you say I post about that a bit um, and it's some, it's something that I've really battled within the last few weeks, purely because my day job has suddenly got significantly busier. So I'm finding my time is a lot busier, but I still love doing this. And I've had to remind myself that I'm doing it because I love it and I really enjoy doing it. And yeah, sure. You know, I enjoy the, the messages I get. And, you know, for me with the, the mental health aspect, I do get some like lovely messages of people saying you are genuinely helping me and things like that. And I think that makes a big difference as well, but I'm also, yeah, very aware. And we, you know, I need to be humble about myself, but actually it really, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, that much, but what, what, how do you go about navigating that kind of side of it? Because obviously you've got a very large audience and a very interactive audience with all the messages you get and, and things like that. Do you, do you ever feel like a, a bit of a responsibility? Because I know, you know, not only are you, you don't just talk to people about 
oh yeah, you know, how was your snowboarding trip or, you know, all this stuff. Like I said, your, your most recent episode, you know, you were touching on these kind of big LGBTQ issues within snowboarding and, and all this stuff. And I'm not very plugged into to the snowboarding industry, but I know recently, uh, I'm not sure how to say his name, Ter, 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 Ter yeah, Terry Ter, Ter Harkinson. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but yeah, you, your point is like that I use it to explore like deeper issues, different issues. It's, yeah. Well, I've kind of always done that. So it is, it is an interest of mine. You know, I strongly believe that. And when I say I've always done that, like I've always done that through my journalism as well. And, right. you know, I'm just generally, I just, just generally don't think you can separate life from politics really you know as as uncool a thing to say that is as that is like i think i think that um generally you you just can't and 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 i think that it's as good a lens as any through which to explore those issues so i i kind of try and do that because you know there are there they're just our issues that 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 affect people Mm. that whether whether you're snowboarding whether you going to work whether whatever you're doing you know like those those things don't stop yeah at the door of the activity yeah so i don't i wouldn't say i feel a responsibility i just it's more that i just think they're important things and i'm genuinely interest interested in them Mm -hmm. and i also realized that i was quite guilty of propagating the kind of the kind of same narrative you know like here's here's this famous white guy who's really good at this very white sport, you know? Um, And I just kind of realized that there's just way more to talk about than that. And, you know, most of the media fixates on that narrative. I mean, in the world, you know, but particularly in surf, skate and snow it's definitely changing in the last few years. But I just thought, it was again, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a platform and I'm gonna be able to talk about stuff, then I'd just rather talk about that really. Because if you're not interested, you're in luck. Every other media platform <laughs> in our industry doesn't talk about this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, go for your life. So I so I think I think like why not really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's something that's definitely changing. And like, like we were saying at the start of the conversation, I am very acutely aware, especially in the last couple of years, of quite how privileged I am at being a a, a large white male from a very classic middle class background. And it's something, especially for me, traveling across the world and you know, as a as a windsurfer and all this stuff. And I don't think I really noticed it until I lived in Cape Town for a few months, and and then it it kind of really. I was like, oh, shit, you know, suddenly there's, you know, black people work in certain jobs and white people work in all the other jobs. And you can guess which jobs are which, you know, it's and it was it was quite shocking for me growing up, you know, being having grown up in the Highlands of Scotland and living a I say a sheltered life, but just living away from all that. So that hit me quite hard. And then, you know, obviously everything in the last year. And I know, you know, you've had him on your podcast, but I was extremely fortunate to have uh, Salema. Uh, Masakela on on my podcast as well and he's been in snowboarding and has recently become very vocal about you know the industry and and all that and all that stuff and I found that that conversation for me was was very eye-opening yeah yeah exactly yeah he's a legend yeah he's very generous very generous of his time I couldn't believe it um, I, yeah he was yeah uh, exactly 
it is it is real you know whether it's whether it's the experience that you've had when you're in South Africa, whether it's the experience that Salem has had, whether it's the experience of Lauren, that you know, who I'll speak to in my latest episode, mm. that those 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 are as valid as as you know Mick Fanning in in this yeah. world. And I think it it more you know to go back to your original question, it for me it more came from that. I'm quite interested in the phrasing though. You said, "Do I feel a responsibility?" Like, what did you mean by that? Well, all I meant was because because you do find yourself with this platform now. Um, and and it, again, it, it, I think it comes back to my own personal experience of, you know, like, like we were saying, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I can't be asked to post or I've not really got anyone to talk to for next week, but I need to record a podcast episode. So I need to find someone to, to have a conversation with to put an episode out. And I do feel this pressure because I have had messages from people and this isn't me blowing my own trumpet at all, but I've had messages from people saying your podcast has really helped me or I love your Instagram account and it makes me feel better about myself. So I kind of feel that responsibility to provide content to help make people feel better. And I know your audience is super engaged and very interactive. You know, you're always sharing the messages you get and there's quite a lot of dialogue going on between them and you and between themselves as well. So all I meant was, do you, does do you feel that responsibility as well that that I kind of feel? I mean, I guess I just see it as like a real privilege. All that, yeah. I mean, that that, that that's definitely been one of the best parts about the whole experience, and I, and I just completely didn't expect that. Yeah, and you're right. Like, I'm so lucky how engaged the people that listen to the podcast are in it, yeah. and how much they want to talk about, you know. I'll put if I put an episode out, people are pretty quickly in touch to tell me how they felt about what was discussed and yeah and 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 that that's just such a it's it's just a really great thing you know yeah. um, but equally I do get as it as it's got more, more popular I do get a, I do get a, quite a lot of criticism as well which is to to be expected and and also really really useful so. Um, I'm not sure I feel a responsibility. I just, yeah. I just feel like I'm just interested in all the in, in all the reactions, really. But I must stress, I don't mean to sound like a a, a dickhead. Like I, I do please myself with what I put out, you know. Like so, I am. I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to look at it through the terms of like I need to sort of do this for this reason. The only the only reason I do it is like as in an episode with a guest is like do i find that interesting that is literally it mm. and that and that's an incredibly lucky position to be in as a journalist and and you know like like i said at the beginning i was interested in doing it as uh as, as like an unfiltered thing so to, to have actually got to the point where i can actually do that i i really don't take that for granted because that is it's really rare that you can do that and I kind of take all the feedback with equal merit. You know, if I do get people giving me shit, I, I kind of just listen really. Cause I think, yeah. you know, I posted something the other day. There's a great thing doing the rounds at the minute by Kevin Kelly, who's the guy, I think he might've founded Wired magazine. He's, he's been on like, you know, Tim Ferriss. He's like this kind of like sort of tech guru character. And he does this thing every now and again, like 99 pieces of unsolicited, advice right and um one of the things that he said in that was like 
if people criticize you, the correct response is you're probably right. They usually are. And I think that's really true. You know, like I think, so I, I, I'm grateful for it all really, you know, even, and, and like I say, as it gets bigger necessarily, you, you kind of, you're going to get more shit, yeah. which is definitely happening, you know, and that's definitely happened in the last sort of few months. Yeah. And that's, that's been pretty interesting because that's been a good, <laughs> a good test of like how much can you actually stand by that you know you can certainly say like you accept all criticism but when people are actually criticizing you it can be quite hard to sort of ignore your ego and and take it at face value but i'm, I'm definitely trying to do that yeah i mean i for me you know touch wood so so far so good i've i've not had really any criticism but as i said i'm still only coming into that first year and it's still growing and and i think as well i've kind of got a bit of a I'm, I'm behind behind a few walls as well because my podcast is about mental health primarily and, and things like that. So generally people don't really tend to criticize that because it's, it, it's difficult. Yeah. But maybe that, but, and perhaps I've not been as controversial and, you know, talking about his issues, which is potentially something I want to work on. But I, for, for, for me, I know I wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't be able to deal with criticism very well. So that's interesting that you say you, you know, you famously Joe Rogan's like, never read the comments and all this stuff and just just ignore it all. You know, put put your content out there, give it to the world and then just kind of, you know, leave it and and that kind of thing. And there's, you know, as humans, we do have like a negativity bias, don't we? We can read 10 comments and every single one's like, oh, you're amazing. I love the episode. You're amazing. It, it, this was so awesome. It helped me so much. And then, you know, the, the bottom comment is, fuck you, you're a prick. You know, and you go, yo. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, like that. I ignore that stuff, of course, because yeah. that's just people being dickheads, yeah. and like bad actors, isn't it? You know, like so. I'm not. I'm not in. Yeah, obviously, I ignore that. Like, I mean, I've got a, I've got a couple of people who are forever trying to like basically start an argument with me. You know, like, because right. um, they disagree with my stance on things, so they're so they're like forever messaging me, like, come on, you fucking woke hipster like argue with me argue 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 you know and i'm just i i've actually said to this one person in particular like i just don't care about your opinions i'm not interested i think you're full of shit and i've just got literally no interest in engaging with you about it so like so so people like that or people yeah who just like insulting you yeah like obviously i ignore that and that's quite easy to ignore because that's just obviously fucking silly yeah, but I think if I think if it's just a genuinely well-meant bit of constructive criticism, I, I kind of all for it, really. Yeah, well, that, that's something that goes throughout throughout life as well. If everyone, you know, not beyond just podcasting and things like, you know, if any, anything you're ever trying to do and things like that, you know, you're you're always gonna you're always gonna fail an awful lot before you succeed. Um, you know, you need to. It, it, it criticism I find sometimes is quite a it's it's not not necessarily the right word i know people are like, oh it's constructive criticism and things like that you know and for me being a windsurf instructor for so many years i was always preferred the term feedback i was like, i'll give you feedback instead and it was always you know masked around you know you fill out a feedback form at the end of the holiday and how did you what do you think of my coaching and stuff and instead of yeah don't give me criticism give me feedback because i think criticism generally has a lot of negative connotations around it already doesn't it so i think and then this is maybe talking about me and my like anxiety as well. But, you know, whenever anyone says criticism or I've got some, you know, criticism of your or whatever, I'm like, oh, you know, and it, it is, it's something I'm, you know, learning to, to get better at. 
So it's, it's, your, it's, it's your ego, isn't it? Respondent. You know, that's yeah. the thing that I've noticed. Like when, like I got a message today from somebody that basically said, hello, I've just listened to your podcast for the first time and I'm never going to listen to it again because you interrupt people too much and you're a narcissist who talks too much. And basically you need to let your guests listen. You're a typical man who just interrupts women the whole time. Yeah. Like, so, so I, obviously I got that and I was like, fucking hell you know like you know that like i had a physical reaction to that like i was you know my stomach went you know like it wasn't it was a, it was a literally like oh jesus you know but i've just tried to learn well i've learned it the hard way you know it's like when you it's like when you send an angry email you know like we've all done it you know everyone in the fucking world's done that you know you kind of like get get an email that winds you up so you immediately like drafted email you know yeah, yeah. and if, if if you're not careful you actually send it you know when really what you should do is like give it a couple of hours let that initial physical reaction subside because it is it is a physical reaction again we can all recognize that yeah and and then like and when you come back to it you will react differently and you will and you will react with more rationality and if you give it enough time you might even be able to sort of take the bit that's going to serve you like because that person was actually kind of right like I do interrupt people you know and I've been told that you know at work my business partner's always like stop talking so much like it's not that I'm like Mr fucking like I'm going to sit there and like it's not really, it's not I'm not known as like somebody that's just constantly harping on but I'm just not somebody I don't mind saying my opinion you know yeah and when when I'm doing the podcast, like if I've got a point to make, I'll make it, you know, and sometimes that does involve like interrupting people. And I kind of assume just to take that example that I think people that have listened to it for a while, just kind of get that and just get, get it's a conversation. Um, but occasionally somebody new will come in and go like, yeah, you do that. And it's fucking annoying, you know? Um, but then conversely, I get people emailing me say, saying, what's really good about it is that you don't interrupt people. So it, you know, whatever, but I think, I think there's, like I said, there's always some truth in it somewhere. And if you let that physical reaction subside, which I'm really trying to do, I'm really trying to get better at, then you can kind of like take it in the right spirit, but, but it is, it is quite hard to do that. You're right. And it, I think it's something I've definitely had to try and cultivate really certainly sent my fair share of shit emails to people what I really shouldn't have yeah yeah definitely I think yeah it's at the end of the day we're all a we're all a work in progress until we until we depart this world aren't we so you know no one's ever going to be perfect to everything but I'm, I'm exactly the same like and it, I think podcasting has actually weirdly made me better at it it's, it's made me much better at being like just stop just don't talk and just listen to what someone has to say and then especially in the last year where it's been video calls where it's much harder to to, to, to like interrupt someone isn't it you know when you're in person it's it's a lot easier um yeah but it, yeah I, I genuinely and it's it's one of those odd skills where i i do find myself now you know like this last saturday i went to the pub for the first time with my mates and i sat down and i'm like you know we were talking and they were all talking and i'm like oh i could say something right now and i was like actually no nah, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stop and i'm gonna wait till they finish talking and then i'll talk because i like that's that's odd because i've definitely found myself maybe not on the podcast because most of my episodes have been done on a video call so I've like 
it, it's a bit of a diff- it's a different way of doing it, isn't it? But certainly, yeah, in in person and stuff, I've sort of realised that I do sort of interrupt sometimes. So I am trying to make a point of doing it. But it's diff- it, what you said as well about that person complaining about that. That's down to their personal experience of it as well. They might have a a boss at work that constantly interrupts them, and it's just it's like that one thing that really like grinds their gears. And then your other listeners, like they, they don't have that, you know, everyone's, everyone's experience is relative, isn't relative to, you know, or is relative. I'm not sure is, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and I think that, that also like informs my, the way I approach things editorial as well, because, you know, quite often I'll get people messaging me and they'll say, I don't know who that person is and you didn't introduce them properly because you didn't explain who they were. And I'm always a bit like, I mean, fucking hell, if you're that asked, like it's not hard to find that out, you know, like, and equally there were, there are people that do know who that person is. Yeah. So, so where, where, where do you pitch it? You know, so what I do is I just pitch it again, like in a way that, that sort of suits me really that, I mean, and that's how you get an editorial voice. Like that's how you develop your, that's what your editorial voice is. You know, that's how it works. So again, like when I get stuff like that, I'm just a bit like, hmm. you know, if you listened, I, I always just find like, hello, please make this free thing slightly more specifically fitted to my personal requirements. <laughs> Quite a mental thing to say to somebody actually, really. Yeah. But so I just try and ignore those things and, and go, I hope it's not too much of a problem for you, but I'm going to do it this way you know yeah i think that's you know without without being too like anti anti woke and all you know all this stupid woke movement and and all this stuff and it's something you talk about you know pro- probably a, a bit more than me but one thing that's super frustrating about things like social media and all this thing is that everyone expects everything to be catered exactly towards their views and their you know what what the way that they see the world and like you say, you know, I said at the beginning as well, this isn't it's not a day job. It's not like I get paid a wage to do this. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And I'm going to talk to the people that I want to talk to. And if you, you, you can very easily, you know, opt out. You don't need to, you don't need to be on, do you need to listen to my podcast? You don't need to be on Instagram. I saw a, a great thing recently that someone shared about how your, and it, it was about your Instagram profile, but it can be applied to so many things, whether it's a podcast, you know, a business you how you know well and it was you know you should treat your people should treat your instagram page or your you know whatever like uh your social media profile like your house you can come in you can have a little look around you can ask me a couple of questions but you can't come in and scream and shout about how you hate the hate the decorations and you know smash it up and all this and then you know uh, rudely announce your departure and that you're never coming back again you know, that's, that's not the way you operate. Yeah, again, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, it's why I, it's why it, uh, this is all why I just t- I tend to not get into arguments online, which is obviously like a, an international sport these days. <laughs> um, but I just, I just, I just don't really do it. Um, you know, the latest episode with Lauren, like there was a mini debate kicking off in my Facebook comments. And again, I had people tagging me, like trying to get me to participate in that. And I was just a bit like, Phew. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there. It's just an echo chamber, isn't it? You know? Well, I think don't argue with strangers on the internet is a pretty good life rule. 
personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. I think yeah. And there's there's another one. You know, I suppose anything you wouldn't say to someone's face, you shouldn't. You know, say it to them online. You know, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna walk up to wherever they are and stand in front of them and say say what you want to say to them in a Facebook comment, then probably just don't say it. And as well, you know, I've heard loads of other people talk about it. Like you're never gonna win. You are never gonna convince someone through social media comments that their opinion is wrong. There's no nuance to that conversation. You can't you can't carry over what you actually want to say. And like you said as well, usually it's it's done on that like physical reaction, isn't it? You read the comment and you're like, oh my blood's boiling, and you feel your heart, and then you want you type yeah. it straight away. You know, there's there's no way of you're never gonna win. Well, I I, I was just gonna say that, like I just don't think that can be good for you. That's what I think. Cause cause even like looking at that Facebook thing the other day that I was talking about, you know, I had a look at the comments and again, I felt that like physical thing happening. And I, and I, and I, you know, almost started like mentally composing replies because again, my ego is kind of like overriding my rationality and I was nearly getting sucked in. And anyway, I didn't do it. And one of the person, people that was commenting was a friend of mine and I did actually phone him because I, because I was like, because he was really sort of pissing me off with what he was saying, which I thought was grossly offensive. Yeah. And um, I just thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to phone him like, and, and tell him what I think about this rather than doing it in the comment section. And then, and then when it had all sort of died down and I was looking, and this friend of mine is somebody who kind of spends his life arguing on Facebook oh. about like absolutely everything, you know, like vaccines, lockdown, masks, like it, it just appears to be endless you know whenever i look on facebook which is very rarely there he is like having a row with somebody and i'm just i'm just like that just can't be good for you no. like because it doesn't unless you're like an absolute psychopath who, who like has no emotions at all about the way they make other people feel it, it must affect you like yeah. it just must do and you know like if i if i think about like the way that i felt even those two interactions i've just described someone sending me like a slightly critical message and then me going on facebook and like see, seeing this thing unfolding and like you know like both of those things not to repeat myself had physical consequences that made me feel shit yeah. and made me mentally feel really really bad and the only way i could like get away from that was by just like walking away from it and reminding myself that that's exactly why I don't engage in those things. And, and, and like, so don't do it again. But if, if you're doing that like all day long, I just think that must be so stressful and I just can't believe it can be good for your mental health. No. And, I, and I just, I just wonder like what on earth the point of that is really like it, it's, it's, it's not for me. That's for sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up because that's what I, I was going to bring up is actually you've got, you've got to wonder what the state of that person's mental health is if that's what they seem to spend their life doing. And I don't know whether it's, uh, it, whether it comes from like uh, just they, they feel like they need to be heard and they're, they're somewhere else in their life where they want to be heard, but they're not being heard, whether it's by their partner at home, by their colleagues at work, you know, and that there's just a frustration there and they go, right, well, I'll, I'll take this frustration out on strangers on social media, you know. Um, and then you, you end up, I don't know, because it's not something I do either. I don't know whether it's one of those things that's like a vicious cycle of once you start, you kind of get a bit addicted and it makes you feel 
perhaps a bit powerful and they they you just they struggle to stop doing it you know and yeah, then just I, I've I've got friends who do it like and they think they're fighting the good fight you know they think they're like you know the vaccine stuff for example it's just a handy example like right now and I certainly don't want to derail this conversation into a conversation about fucking vaccines but you know like that person I referred to earlier who does get on there and start arguing the toss about vaccines and basically try to wind people you know I've got other friends who respond to that and get really upset about it and I, and like I spoke to a friend of mine recently who was you know talking about the fact that he'd had this big row online and it all got very personal and stuff and I was just a bit like just don't do it yeah. like why why are you doing it like if it makes you feel bad which it obviously does because you're clearly upset about this why the fuck are you doing it yeah. and he's like well I just feel like I need to make the argument it's like but you don't <laughs> you, you're not going to change the mind all that's happening is you're all getting really wound up yeah. and, and, you, and, and now you, you're actually all falling out about it. Like in real life. I mean, how is that fucking constructive? Yeah. Like, it's just not, is it? No. And, and like I said, you, you know, before you, you cannot get your point across effectively, no matter how eloquent you are at writing or anything like that, you, you cannot get the point across. I'm, I'm all for, you know, sitting in the pub with my mates and so occasionally you need to sit and put the world to rights with your mates, don't you? And you sit in the pub and you have a few beers and you start chatting shit and then maybe a bottle of whiskey comes out and it just carries on. And I'm all for doing that, but they're basically trying to do that, but without the camaraderie of sitting with your mates. And, you know, there, there is such thing as that. You stay up late and you put music on and you're right, let's, you know, let's talk, you know, you end up talking about all sorts of shit, don't you? But doing that sober on a on a social media platform for the world to see where you can't properly express your opinion, I, I think is just is nonsense, especially for grown, grown ass men or grown adults to, to be doing it. And unfortunately it's something we see, whereas I've always said with, you know, social media and things, and I've always taken the view of just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And I think a lot of people need to try and live with that. If just because you can comment on this and say what you think doesn't mean you necessarily should, because before social media, you didn't read the newspaper and write a letter into the, or some people maybe did write a letter into the editor saying, no, I'm, I'm really offended by this. This has really pissed me off and it's completely wrong and nonsense. And then someone else sends a letter in and everyone starts sending each other letters. I, well, as far as I know, that didn't happen. You know? I mean, I think, I think to be honest, that did happen, but I think those people were like outliers, not encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I just think if that, you know, they were the, like if that person was in you know to use your pub analogy if that person was in the pub like you would not be sitting at the same table as them you know, like if you go to the pub and one of your friends is just like constantly harping on about fucking vaccines and masks or whatever the whatever the kind of controversial topic of the day is you know like and foisting their opinions on you you just you, you just pick your pint up and go and find another table wouldn't you yeah but there's something about social media that obviously encourages that interaction and, and and fosters it and yeah i think that's the difference isn't it you know that's yeah. the whole of the conversation isn't it you know we've all, i'm sure we've all seen the documentaries like it's the, and we certainly don't need to go there because it's been covered like extensively elsewhere yeah. but it is all it's all calculated as well let's not forget you know it's not happening by accident all this it's all happening at the behest of companies that encourage it for profit 
you know, like that, that's not, I don't think that's a particularly controversial statement. I mean, that is literally how it all works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As you said, it's not, it's not something, uh, something, something we need to go down um, kind of now, but what one, one thing, you know, before we, before we hit record as well, kind of, you know, sticking on that, people's sort of mental health line as well you say you you very much kind of distance yourself you're you're obviously a very sort of level-headed uh chap and you you kind of spoken to to a lot of people on my podcast I talk a lot about having a having a kind of passion in life and how that's really kept me grounded and I'm I as I say a lot I'm very lucky that I found windsurfing when I was 18 years old I moved went and moved to Australia weirdly enough you said Manly I lived in Manly I I moved moved to Manly when I was 18 years old and learned. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I learned and became a, became a windsurfing instructor and then came back from, from there and went straight to Greece and did that all the way up until end of 2019. Uh, when I, when I quit my job in the windsurf industry and to, to do what I do now. And, but having windsurfing and still, you know, it, it, I think it's really grounded me and having a passion that is what I call intrinsically motivating so i don't do it because it looks cool in front of others i don't do it i certainly don't do it because it earns me any money i do it because i love doing it and i know you from what i gather is that what snowboarding is for you i mean i'd say that's what sport generally and physical activity is for me really as 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 i've got older i've kind of realized yeah like that you know like i mentioned earlier i grew up playing football as a kid and I think football still has that role for me. Like I still, I still get, I, I get as much out of playing football as I do out going snowboarding or surfing or swimming. I nearly said running, running is like a recent thing as in very, very recent that I'm starting to just about starting to enjoy. But I think those things, yeah, that it, it's, it's physical activity generally. Yeah. You know, and again, that's like quite a well-worn connection, is it, between mental health and physical yeah. activity, you know, like mood follows action and all that stuff. And um I I, I think in my case that's definitely true, you know, as as I've got older, I've realized that. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it, exactly, you know, and <clears throat> as I said as well, my my kind of chosen activity, and it has branched out into, you know, uh surfing, paddleboarding, you know. Um, all that kind of stuff. Weird, weirdly, as you, you said, I, I started running last November as well for November, and it's it's become something that I don't know if you ever truly enjoy it, but you definitely enjoy the feeling afterwards. <laughs> um, this is the most I've ever enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I've, I've 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 run on and off my whole life, and this last stint is I actually do kind of look forward to it now, which is definitely a first. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, isn't it? How because it's essentially well to take the example of running because something like windsurfing i don't for, well, for me it doesn't apply and i guess football and snowboarding it doesn't do because you know it's going to be fun you know but running you're basically putting yourself through an arduous activity and in, in order to feel better you're 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 feeling feeling pain in order to then not feel pain i suppose um, but I, I noticed it hugely especially throughout the last few months where we couldn't do anything and it was dark and horrible and cold but it got to 3 p.m. every day and I was like, yes, time to, time to go out, time to go and smash it, go and run a whatever. And I, it was odd, even something like I was listening to an audio book while I do it and I just look forward to listening to my book, you know, and I always forget that you're going for a run. And I, I definitely think it, it hugely, it hugely helped my mental health. And up until before then, running wasn't a thing I 
would do. I'm not built for running whatsoever, you know, but I don't think it needs to be running though. Even just going for a walk, anything like that. I think it does, it hugely impacts um, people's mental health, getting out and just moving your body. And like I said, it, it's relative. You know, if you're... Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely true for me, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, and, and unfortunately, it's difficult, isn't it? Because everyone's, like we said, everyone's got an opinion, but a lot of people, I think, get a bit turned off and they feel like they need to go and run 5K every day and start lifting weights and do all this stuff. And it's like, you really don't, you know, it's it's completely relative. If you're a bit on the chunkier side after the last year of sitting at home and baking banana bread, then even just going and doing a few thousand steps, just going for a little, going for a little walk, you know, makes uh, makes a huge difference. Or if you're already quite fit, as you said, you can start start running and, and things like that. But finding a passion that takes you outside and gets your body moving uh, for, for me, and it's something I just advocate all the time, I think is is so crucial for, for mental health. Yeah. I mean, I, equally, I'm careful not to fetishize that as well, you know, like, and, and be like, because I can do that. I can basically start being like oh god i've not been for a run you know like and get start getting stressed about that you know it sounds silly but that is a, that is a real thing mm. you know i think i think with me personally like i can be quite manic in the way that i approach certain things like you know i can get quite obsessive about things like i i definitely talked about this before on my podcast but like i i have I, I, what i've recognized as i've got older is i have this like feast feast and famine cycle yeah. um where like i'll do sort of six months like boozing like sort of letting things slide eating shit and then after a while that won't become sustainable so i'll be like quit the booze like you know start like a full-on exercise regime and like you know get quite sort of puritanical about what i eat in in certain ways like you know and i I've kind of reckoned it took me quite a while to recognize that was what was going on really you know like and, and I equally don't think that's I'm not sure that is healthy either you know that kind of that kind of pattern so one of the things I've been trying to do is just let myself off the hook a little bit like if you know if I do decide to eat a cake rather than go for a run again it's not the end of the world is it you know no no one actually cares apart from me but that's something I do sort of struggle with to be honest i mean i've got an interesting one at the minute because i've not had a drink for nearly five months like i stopped drinking in and again i do i sort of do this like I'll, like it started about four or five years ago yeah or maybe actually no about 10 years ago i had a big stint of drinking i had about four months of drinking and then i sort of because i grew up like boozing you know i'm british like yeah. and i sort of grew up you know i'm i'm like I think my generation, because I'm 45 in like three weeks, like I think, you know, growing up in the 90s, like it, it was a thing binge drinking. Like it, I, it was a proper, it was almost like encouraged, you know. Mm. And when I was growing up, like you did start drinking when you were 14 yeah. and you did basically get blackout drunk. That's what you did. And I kind of just did that like through my 20s and still occasionally do, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But it took me quite a while to realize that that actually was not a good thing for me. Right. And like, now I've got this. So, so what I'll end up doing is like, again, I'll, I'll have this like cycle thing going on where I'll 
are kind of like, you know, booze, like I said, booze heavily and they're not booze heavily. So at the minute, like I've not drunk for like five months. So that was originally just quite a practical thing because I had in January, I had two like massive deadlines that I was quite terrified about. I've just finished a book and I was editing a magazine and they were both due in like the same week. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I was going to have to like properly get on it. So it was quite practical. Like, all right, I'm going to have a month off of booze. Just get up early, just get this done. And then I've just not started drinking again. And I am at the point where I'm like, maybe I should just give up drinking, you know? And I can feel myself sort of turning it into like a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, whereas it's just not a big deal. Like if I want to have a pint at some point, it's fine. But so I'm, I'm just trying to be, I guess my point is I do, I know I've got a tendency to sort of, like I said, become a bit like manic about these things and sort of like pin my mental health on it, you know? Yeah. Like six months ago, like, or whenever, like previous stints of not drinking, I've, I've, I've decided to not drink because basically I've just felt really shit when I've been hungover, which is like, you know, obviously a super common story. And I've just been like, you know what? I'm just going to quit drinking for a bit. It's going to be better for my mental health. And lo and behold, it is better for my mental health. And then, I, and then I'll be like, but fuck me, I fancy a pint. And then I'll go out and get pissed with my mates. And I'll remember what a fucking laugh that is. So I'll do that for a, a while. And then it'll, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I guess I'm just trying to remind myself that, like there's got to be a balance in there somewhere yeah. you know like you know just one pint can be fine equally you don't need to give up drinking to prove a point that you can have one pint you know so i think that's it like you yeah you, you literally just said the word there and that's that's something that i've worked on weirdly enough actually i've been fairly similar throughout my life i've always and i think a lot of people do as well you know all this there's the kind of crash diet culture that people apply to all manners of their life don't they they go like right oh, i'm really hungover and i've you know, spent loads of money and been out and I feel like shit. So I'm just going to give up drinking for the rest of my life. And it's like, you probably don't need to give up drinking for the rest of your life. Just, just, just have maybe have a couple of weeks off. And next time you go out, spend a bit less money and drink a little bit less and you'll feel a lot better about yourself, you know? And for for me, that's something I'm really working on. And it's something I advocate a lot on my podcast and and Instagram and stuff is, is balance. I mean, I'm a, an outrageous star Wars nerd. So I, I always, it always comes back to, uh, you know, the force for me and the force, the force has always been all about balance and it's, you know, the, the balance between the light and the dark. And there has to be, there has to be balance. Cause yeah, otherwise one, one, and there's no, you can have such thing as too much light as well. You know, if you spend the rest of your life going, Oh, well, I don't, I don't think I will drink and all this stuff. You, you're also going to miss out on a lot of fun and you are going to miss out, yeah. you know, whether it's friends, weddings or, you know, especially nights out after so long without them, things like that. But at the same time, sometimes you're not into it. I, as I said, I was out in the, the pub for the first time this year on Saturday with my mates and I got rip-roaringly drunk and feel like I made a bit of a fool out of myself. So we're, I'm going to see friends this weekend. We're going over to, to their place over in Portsmouth and I'm, I've already made the decision. I'm like, I'm not going to drink. We're just going over to their house. We're going to eat some nice food, have a nice time. And I'm like, I, I, don't, think I'll, I don't think I'll drink. And then the following weekend, apparently we're going up to London. And I'm like, maybe I'll drink, maybe I won't. But like, like you said as well, I think there's a certain hubris in like, we must announce these decisions to the rest of the world. I'm, yeah, I will now proclaim across to the world that I no longer drink. And it's like, no one really gives a fuck today, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've done a couple of sober weddings. Fuck me, they're hard work. Yeah, I bet that's boring. That's sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I think well, everyone just everyone just goes on just fucking tries to make you do shots all night. So yeah. it just gets quite boring, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a guy I really like on Instagram called Luke Unabomber, who's like this uh, DJ and sort of very funny character. Yeah, who does a lot of does a lot of videos, and he's always going on about feed the wolf. And I've I since discovered that it's actually a bit of a thing. Like, you know, you got two wolves inside you. You know, good wolf and a bad wolf. Like, which one will, which one will like take precedence you know the one the one that you feed basically whichever one you feed more will you know come to define you so the question is like making sure they're both equally fed you know and i do quite like that idea because it it basically does kind of you know that's what i experience essentially like this this cycle cyclic behavior yeah going on yeah exactly I don't know. At the end of the day, everyone's so different and we're all, everyone, everyone can go about it their, their own way. You know, as I said, I, I don't want to shit on people that are, they want, if you, if you want to proclaim to everyone, right, that's it. I'm going to spend the rest of my life sober and that's what I'm going to do. Then I'm like, all, all power to you. Best of luck. You go do you. But I, I do think there's a certain danger in doing that because then you have to, you kind of set a precedent for yourself and you go, oh, if I break that, I'm going to feel like I've failed. And I don't think you need to put like you even do I go for a run or do I eat a cake? There's no need to put that pressure and feel like you fail. Cause that's a, that's a spiral of making yourself feel like shit when there is really is no need for yourself to feel like shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, I'm going away with my mates in a couple of weeks on a lad's surf weekend. So that'll, I'm pretty certain I'll have a pint then. I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where where are you going surfing? Uh, we're going to go to Croyd. Like, it, to be honest, like we've we booked it in, I think we booked it like spring 2020 and we've cancelled it like four times uh, now. Yeah. We booked it. So we finally can go next week. So, um, yeah, I can see myself having a pint then post surf pint that'll be good yeah i think it's uh, that's one of those things you know that's one of one of life's great pleasures isn't it enjoying a well for me especially as as well like enjoying a pint after you feel like you've done something that's made you deserve a pint if you know what i mean you know and and to withhold that from yourself i think to withhold that from yourself is unnecessary you know in the right in the right circumstances yeah, I read a really interesting blog online recently. Can't remember where it was now, but the guy was sort of saying a similar thing about um, his relationship to booze, and he was basically saying that his rule is if he's doing that thing where he is telling himself he deserves it, he doesn't. He doesn't have the pint. Yeah. So, so like you know, like if he's in if it's the end of the day and he's had a stressful day and he finds himself reaching for a beer and justifying it by like, well, it's been a tough day. Like I should have a beer or well, it's, it's been a great day. I won a new account or whatever. I should have a new, I should have that beer. If he finds himself going through that thought process, which again, I think everybody in the world can recognize really, he doesn't have the pint under those circumstances. It's only when he's in a pub and he goes, Oh, fancy a pint that he has the pint. Right. And I think I think that's I, I kind of get that. 
Yeah, really. I like that because you know it's about. Uh, so, I've been thinking I might give that a go. Really, yeah. it's quite tricky to 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 kind of keep tabs on that, but I do understand that because it's about just regaining a, an element of control over it, isn't it? And doing yeah. it for the right reasons, which I think is important. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, if you have to justify it, then you probably don't. You know, it's simple as that. If you have to justify it, you don't deserve it. You know, you should, if you walk into the bar and you know that you've, you know, surfed for however many hours or you've worked or whatever, it, it just, just let it naturally happen. But like you said, yeah, that is, that is a fair amount of control needed, isn't it? Otherwise, yeah. Fuck, that's a, that's a, yeah, it's a fine, it's a fine line in your own brain. It is, I'd say, yeah, it would take a, you'd have to be pretty strong to be able to, to work that one out, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, a couple of quick fire uh, questions before we before we finish up, then Matt. Um, where where is your yeah, where 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 is your happy place? If you click your fingers right now, where uh, where are you? I know you you we've been we've all been at home for so long. So yeah, where where are you? I I think my answer is actually quite boring. I mean, I I've spent a lot of time walking my dog locally around here. Um with my wife you know like the classic let's get outdoors and the lockdown walks became really important to everybody didn't they last year and absolutely and through lockdown and basically we've spent a lot of time walking our dog in the uh in a place locally called the ada valley which is between um worthing and brighton right and i re- i recognize that they're like the occasions i will look back on very fondly in future so um I, i'm gonna say that yeah no that's not you'd be yeah you'd be surprised i mean when i first decided that i was going to ask that question i always thought people would say like oh some some far-flung beach or like mountain top or you know whatever and a lot of people have said that but you'd be surprised how many people have been like you know said think things like that something that would seem really basic and you know not, not that impressive um, yeah, more, more people have, have said that than uh, than not. Um, oddly enough, it's become a part of the conversation we've had. But um, a part part of my podcast, the, the idea is it's it's like two guys meeting in the pub and and having a beer um, and drinking a beer. I know you were drinking a cup of tea. Uh, I drink this thing called Days Days Lager, which is alcohol free. So they actually yeah. Spoke- I f- funnily enough, I just I ordered some of that last week. Oh, cool. You know, it was one of those occasions when. <clears throat> You, you get a bit freaked out by the Instagram algorithm because suddenly I started getting served all these adverts for like uh, non-alcoholic beers. Cause there's actually loads of them now that are quite good. Yeah. And um, it worked on me for sure. I was like, Oh, that looks a bit of me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wow, sucked in, but it was all right. You know, it's, it's obviously, it's obviously not beer, but I think yeah. that and lucky saint, is it? We tried lucky saint. No, I haven't actually, I, as I said, it's, it's it's never been much of a thing for me. I've had the what's the brew dog one called? It's got quite a cool name. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple of them before, and I'm like, eh, I've never, you know. But actually, since since I got this kind of deal with with Days, and they sent me a few crates of of this stuff, it's I, I love it. I'll drink it. Fine. Yeah, I've been questioning my my sort of drinking over the last few months as well. So it's kind of coincided really nicely. And they do a lot of stuff with mental health charities and things, so it's worked well. So. Um, but yeah, one one of my questions is, what's your what's your drink of choice? What's your what's your favourite beer? Hit me with a, a recommendation. 
Um, well, I've actually been thinking about this a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, what's that first pint going to be? Yeah. I'm going to say Guinness. You're a Guinness man. I'm going to say a pint of Guinness. Well, I, I, I mean, I used to, it used to be all I drank. I was kind of notorious for, for it among my friends for a few years. And then I've sort of stopped drinking it a bit. But, okay, you know, sometimes it is really great, isn't it? Like a pint of Guinness, like in the right Setting. circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So have I think it'll done, be. Have you ever done the little challenge where you have to like, you take the first sip and it has to go between the bottom of the, is it the bottom of the harp and the top of the, the writing that says Guinness? And you've got to get the line of froth exactly between there. No, the, but I'm going to give it a go. Let's sound yeah. like a pint of Guinness. We're literally, uh, yeah. I know like friend, my friends was like, I, I don't really drink it that much. Well, I mean, not, yeah. But they've done it. They do it loads and they're like, right, we've got to try and try and get it between the line in one sip. It's pretty hard. Yeah, but you know, like I was saying earlier, because I grew up like drinking a lot, and I still my default setting if I'm on the piss is to drink a lot of beer. Really, you know, like I can, yeah. you know, I'm a sort of classic bloke. I can kind of sit there and sink pints, you know. So these days, I need a thinking pint. I need I need a cooking lager. I need a three point eight percent, like yeah. you know, weak as possible, really. Because yeah. if I have, I think it's just something about getting old, isn't it? Like not that you'll you've got this to look forward to i would suggest but like when um if i have like four pints of a of a five percent beer now i am absolutely shit faced <laughs> like properly pissed i mean me and my friend owen went to the states a couple of times over the last couple of years doing um podcast trips and you know america's got some amazing yeah beer, got an amazing beer culture but it's all so fucking strong and you go in, you know, you go in those places and it's like 8%, 9%. Like, I'm just always like, who the fuck is drinking this? Yeah. You know, like, I'll literally be on the floor. Rocket fuel. So, so if I'm going to be, if I'm going to go out on the piss, like, I'm definitely drinking preferably under 4% because otherwise I'll just be on my back within like three hours. Yeah. I, I I don't like you like super strong like craft beers and stuff. As I said, you need you need a knife and fork to get through half of them. They're so thick, aren't they? You know, it's yeah, they're a bit much. They're a bit much, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to go pint of Guinness. Pint of Guinness, nice. Um, and then and then finally, uh, as as I briefly mentioned there, I'm a huge uh, Star Wars fan and, and just m- movies in general are a huge passion of mine. You know, film and stuff. Um, Obviously, we've been inside a lot. What have you been? Uh, what have you been watching uh, over the last few months? I don't. I don't know if you if you do. Uh, you know, watch a lot of stuff. But any 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 recommendations of of TV series or films that you've been that you've been enjoying? Wow, that's a, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm going to look on my phone because I'm on. I'm on a social network. A list called Vero, called Vero, which is kind of where you just post recommendations. Oh yeah, so, I know. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a look. Okay, last films I posted are Finding Jack Charlton, which is really good. Um, which is basically about dementia, really, not about football. Uh, Keith Haring, Street Art Boy, that is brilliant. Do you know Keith Haring, American graffiti artist? That's really good. Oh, cool. Um, that's this is all like iPlayer stuff. Um, and then I watch a lot of Storyville, to be honest, which is on the BBC, which are all these amazing documentaries. I really like documentaries. Right. Um, and 
I watched there's, there's loads of good stuff on Storyville. Film wise, right. I can't really remember. I'm pretty crap at remembering remembering stuff like this. There's just so much out there these days as well, isn't there? Yeah, we did definitely just watch something. It's not a great answer, this, is it? This is not this is not great podcasting for me. Um I'm gonna yeah, I think I think I'm gonna say Storyville. Just because I do, you know, I do really appreciate a well-crafted documentary, and there's some there's some amazing stuff on there. So if you go on the iPlayer, there's just I think there's like thirty of them. Oh, nice! I've never really explored iPlayer. Yeah, Avaganda. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, I will do. Um, well, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, where hey, can... thanks for having me. No, no, it's epic, mate. Where, where can, um, where can people find you if they want to check out your your podcast and what you get up to? So I'm at www.wearelookingsideways.com. So everything's on there, like um, my entire mm-hmm. archive. Uh, I've just got a book out. So the book you can order the book through that. Yeah, book looks great. Um, signed up. F- I've got a newsletter that I put out every couple of weeks, which is pretty popular these days. So you can sign up to that there. Yeah, it's all on there, basically. The Patagonia podcast type two is also on there. So yeah, there's the, the, most stuff that I do is on there. And I'm on Instagram at We Look Sideways. And that's probably the one that I'm most active on, really. Yeah. Yeah, great. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, guys, you can also find me on Instagram uh, at the After Hours Lounge. Um, and then, yeah, well, you, if you're listening to this, you probably found the podcast already, uh, but you can listen on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, you can buy me a coffee, although I don't drink coffee, so it's buy me a beer instead. Because uh, as I say, <laughs> all this talking is thirsty work. So that's very much appreciated. Um, and yeah, if, if you can't do that, uh, please, you know, share any of the content I put out. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably five five star i'm still hunting down whoever left that one star review you little shit but i'll find you one day um and yeah thank you very much for listening guys uh thank you matt and we will see you for the next one